You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. And this is Milo. And we're back, Milo. It's time to start talking about the draft a little bit. It's just around the corner. Obviously, we have the finals going on. But for Jazz News, it's the draft and a little bit of drama going on with Rubio. But before we get to that, let's just talk a little bit about the NBA draft and some of the players that we're excited about. Uh, Why don't you go first, Milo? What are the players? We just released our draft guides and draft pages. If you haven't seen it, go to slcdunk.com. They're awesome. Uh, there's a ton of profiles on there. And Milo, after editing all the writers' uh, pages, you probably have the best feel as anyone for the Jazz Draft stock. Who are you a fan of going into the draft? Um, well, there's a few. Um, one of them actually is someone who uh, I don't have ranked high on it just because he's not high on a lot of people's draft boards. But in my um, mid-majors heart of hearts, um, I think he could really be somebody who could be uh, really good in the jazz system because the Utah Jazz, um, they're great at making maybe guys who are overlooked or not as athletic as people see them as being uh, look really good. Um, and that person is Dylan Windler out of Belmont. Um, uh, talking with uh, the Mid-Major Madness, our SB Nation sister site, so here's the thing on Dylan. Dylan uh, is Belmont. He had uh, he had really good numbers. He uh, he scored 21 points a game. He scored. Uh, he had pulled down 11 rebounds, two and a half assists, um, and then one and a half steals and 2.1 turnovers. What I loved about him is he shot 50, 40, and almost 90 um, while he was there as their main dude. He was their main guy. Yes, he's playing against lesser competition, but the dude was filling it up. And another Midwestern guy who is on the Utah Jazz currently um, and looks like he's not going to retire, Kyle Korver, um, was also a guy who came from um, one of these uh, small mid-majors at Creighton. And he lit it up there. And he, he fell. And I think and the Utah Jazz need shooting bad. And they need it from the wing. They need it from the power forward position. And Dylan Windler, I think, is a guy who could be a, uh, not not in his first three years. He's going to have to fill into a, an NBA body. But I think he could be um, later down the road a uh, off the bench, a stretch four, a change of pace mm-hmm. guy. Um, he gets a lot of comparisons to another uh, past uh, Utah Jazz draftee. Um, he who shall not be named, Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because 6'7", he actually has a better wingspan than Gordon Hayward did, but not as great athleticism. And he's not as young coming out of, of school as Gordon Hayward was. Gordon Hayward's 19. Um, the potential and upside was there. Dylan uh, Windler is about is coming out at 22. He's about where Gordon Hayward was um, at the end of his third season in the NBA. So that's a bit – so the upside is not as much. But what I think he can really be is he can really light it up from the floor. And even when he got into the NCAA tournament and had to play against a much tougher competition, the dude filled it up. Like he he went on a uh, on a spree in the tournament and and looked. 
in my opinion, looked really good. And he was playing against uh, he was playing against uh, Maryland in the tournament, and he uh, was also played against uh, Murray State um, against John ja Morant's team. Uh, so he's a I th- I think he's a he's a good pick, and he's somebody that honestly before uh, doing all these all all these uh, previews for. He was probably lower on my list of people where I was like, ah, it's not really, not really my guy. But um, after hearing what Mid Major Madness had to say about him, uh, they were really excited about Dylan and really hoped he would fall um, into uh, Utah's lap just because of um, just how Utah's great at really maximizing looks on the floor. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so he's the guy that if I was doing the if if it was like a committee of one, I would have put him like two or three and would have been like listed as a big time homer. But I like him. He's got good measurables, too. And you know what? You can all I mean, that's the nice thing about the the spot the Jazz are in. I don't know if it's nice. I mean, being 23 in the draft, it kind of feels like it's going to be kind of how it is always in that end of the draft is that kind of the few guys that you really want are probably going to go a few picks ahead of you. You know, for every time you get like a Rudy Gobert, there's like 10 times where you see uh, the Kyle Kuzma's go just a pick too early. Or last year, I was a big yeah. fan of her of um, Herder, and he went just a few picks before the Jazz. So really, my prediction for this draft is that my heart will be broken because I, I will fall in love with a few guys and then they will get picked. <laughs> but one guy, I, I will I will say Tavon uh, uh, Tavon. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, Tavin. Um, for everyone who um, reads Tavin Parker, who's on our site, it's it T T A V A N. It's not Tavon. It's Tavin. Um, but uh, he listed uh, on his downbeat today all the twenty three p- p- people picked at twenty three, and they're actually really good. There's like Aaron Holiday, OG Ananobi, uh, Auntie Zizic, uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Rodney Hood, Solomon Hill, mm-hmm. uh, John Jenkins, Nikola Miritich, Trevor Booker, Costa Kufis, uh, Wilson Chandler, uh, Francisco Garcia, Travis Outlaw, Tayshawn Prince, uh, Brandon Armstrong, Deshaun Stevenson, like. They're pretty good picks. Like there, uh, there's not an all star amongst them, but solid players in the that last, get on the floor. In the, yeah, yeah. In the last twenty years, these have all been turned into solid role players, and and some have turned into starters and fringe. And a few are fringe, uh, like Tayshawn Prince, fringe all star guys. So, um, and, and then Costa Kufis, you know, uh, world star. Boom, bitches. So, <laughs> um, if, if you get that joke, you've you've been on SLC Dunk for a good amount of time, and, and, and good for all of you. Um, so, I I think the twenty three pick, like the value is there, uh, but you just have. I think Jazz fans have to set the expectation. Like this guy is not going to be a starter on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he can if. If he is really good, you're going to get a really good – you're going to have a good role player in year one. Um, and uh, if not in two to three years, you are going to have a, a good rotation guy mm-hmm. um, and a solid rotation guy if you if you develop him right. I know there's a guy, and I've been thinking about this, and I, I'm kind of falling in love with a guy that uh, hopefully is available for the Jazz at their spot. And I think he's kind of – He's one of those guys that I think people might uh, might be overthinking it a little bit with him. And he seems like one of those guys that will fall at the end of the draft. And someone's going to get him and he's going to be really good. And people are going to be like, why didn't we pick this guy? The guy I'm really kind of thinking about is Matisse Thibel, uh out of Washington. His numbers on the defensive end of the floor are video game-esque, like ridiculous. Uh, he averaged 3.5 steals per game uh, while he was at Washington, 2.2 blocks per game. And this was from the wing. So these are like, that was insane. I, I these are, man. these are Kirilenko type numbers and, you know, Kirilenko wasn't the greatest shooter, but man, he was a, a winning player for the jazz when he was on the, on the team. And I just think when you're at the end of the draft, you're probably not going to get 
a guy that's going to impact too much. I mean, we did end up with Rodney Hood, who is a good player, but I wouldn't say Rodney Hood going on your team really turns the needle that much. But let's say you draft Matisse Thibel and he's going to be able to get on the floor at some point just because his defense is just that. I mean, he is going to impact the game wherever he goes because he's six foot five, seven foot wingspan. The I mean, those steal numbers are gaudy. And the fact that he's blocking 2.2 shots per game as a wing is is crazy. <laughs> he's It's almost like a guy that you can just make a free safety on your defense and just let him roam because in Washington he played in a zone. And so he'd be a fun player to watch on the defensive end if you could turn him into just a reasonable three-point shooter because he only shot 30%. I don't know if that's... I think that's for the full season. So 30% three-point shooter in college, not great. But uh, he did shoot 85% from the free throw line. So I don't know if there's something there to work with, but the defense is just insane. And you have a guy yeah. that would, I don't know, at, at 23 in a draft like this one, that's not that great. There aren't a ton of guys that are like for sure things. There's going to be a lot of guys in this draft that don't even make the league. This guy can actually come on your team and make a difference. And I would be interested to see if the Jazz, if he's there, I'd be real. I'd have a hard time not wanting to put him on my team and know that, hey, you know what? This guy can play in playoff games because he's going to lock down their best guy. I mean, if he becomes like an Iguodala yeah. type player, you hit a home run. Um, right, and I think um, talking to um, Max Vrooman of U- UW Dog Pound. Um, so he was what's interesting when uh when uh, talking to him because i was like our guys really love him <laughs> like if you see our if you see our, our 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 slack like everyone is in love with this guy and he was like well the the thing is is he's like he he's he's rough on the handle and he's rough shooting the ball mm-hmm. and 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 I think with Matisse, because I really like him too. And one thing I kept on thinking, I was like, man, if he was only two or three inches taller, he would be rated as one of the best uh, power forward prospects in this in this draft. Mm-hmm. Like, he would easily be a top five pick because you just look at him and you'd be like, wow, six foot eight, six foot nine. He's averaging like three and a half steals, two and a half blocks. Like, you know, we can work on 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 his shooting, but because he's in a in a guard's body doing that, I think that's what's hard to place him. Like, I could see him going like to a team that's like, you know what, we're drafting him twelve or thirteen, and we we think we can like, as you said, he's going to be the next Andre Iguodala. Or it's like, oh man, is he going to be like, uh, like Aminu? And, but he's a guard. So how, what are we going to do? How are we going to play him? Because the reason we talk about defense on uh, with Royce O'Neal, but the reason he can be on the floor is he can hit the open three. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why he wasn't able to get on the floor for the first part of the season wasn't because his defense was lacking. It was because he couldn't hit an open shot and the jazz and, and you got to be just as much of uh you know uh his uh Quinn Snyder is reliant on his guys playing good defense he's also re- he's also reliant on them hitting open shots and and so and that's what's hard like looking at when you're looking at players at the end of the uh like the end of the draft like they have there's a reason they're at the end of the end of the first round of the draft like they they have glaring flaws Mm -hmm. and that's why well like rudy gobert rudy gobert fell to 27 not it wasn't that everyone's like wow i just don't uh, like he's really good but man i don't want him on my team like the reason he fell was he looked really bad at the nba uh at the nba combine later would be revealed that he had he had an ingrown toenail that was preventing him from actually planting and moving well and that he had to have surgery for um it was that bad (laughs) and and people didn't have a lot of film on him and he was really raw. And so like it, he was really raw, but he was able to really develop into that. But for every Rudy Gobert, there's like 
a, a million Hashim Thavits mm-hmm. who are super raw and you know you you have to work with. So I think with and Hashim, I, I still can't believe he was drafted so high, but um, or Tony Bradley is the best way to put it. Like there's you know Tony Bradley, nineteen, young. Uh, people were like, wow, you know, if we can develop him, turn him into something, and now Tony Bradley's in in a make or break off season where it's just like either he's going to be the third big which is not asking a lot when you were drafted in the first round i i think or he's probably not going to be on the utah jazz Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, i do like him though i like matisse it's just that he if he can learn how to shoot if he can learn how to shoot with that wingspan oh my goodness well and i think what i kind of think is this is just not a great draft there's like guys i like i like grant williams and i like uh just some of these guys like this rui hachimura i don't know how to say his name uh is interesting but of all these guys the one guy i know will be able to do something in the nba is matisse because i know what i'm getting this guy is going to defend his heart out you know, mm-hmm. can he shoot? That's the big question mark. But if he can be reasonable, then you've got a player that, I mean, you got to steal. And I don't, Andre Iguodala is a borderline Hall of Fame player, so I don't think he's going to be uh, Andre Iguodala. But I mean, you got a guy that you know can play. And, you know, if he can't shoot, I yeah. don't know if he's going to be on a team that wins a lot of games, but my gosh, he'll be on a team that plays good defense. That's for sure. He's He's that, I don't know. I like him. Uh, there's there is one player, and this is maybe it's because I'm a Boilermaker, uh, and I went to Purdue, but I still really like Carson Edwards. <laughs> He's he can score. I still okay. This is this is so. Here's part of my reason. So at Purdue, uh, so in the tournament, everyone saw Carson Edwards like hitting those like logo threes, and all season long, Painter didn't allow him to shoot those those logo threes. You didn't see it in games, but in the tourney, he once you were able, he was able to like step back to that. He's getting the spacing he needed, and off the dribble, his off the dribble percentages like skyrocketed in in the tourney. And he had a tournament kind of like Kemba Walker did, where you're like, okay, well, is it the tournament, or it you know, it, or is this you? Mm-hmm. And the one thing like his numbers are pretty like he add a lot of points, but they're pretty inefficient, you know, like 39% from the field. So he didn't finish well, 35% from three, but he was 83% at the line. And um, he only averaged 2.9 assists. He was their score. He had to be their score. They didn't really have a, a lot of anything else, but in the tournament, he averaged 34.8 points a game. And this is on the biggest stage. It was the ninth most in tournament history. The last player to average 30 plus points a game was Jimmer Fredette. And Jimmer Fredette didn't get as far as, as Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards did this consistently over more games. And the one thing I like, he's, he's short. He's six foot he, uh, short for a guard um, in the NBA, six foot, uh, six foot even. And like that's in shoes. So you're talking like five foot 10, five foot 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, Biggest thing, he kind of he has a body built like Damon Stoudemire. He's like Mighty Mouse, and he's he's built like Donovan Mitchell was when he came into the league. Where it's just like he's stout. He can. He's not going to get pushed around. It's not like Kemba who was uh, scrawny or Trey Burke who was also scrawny who could really get pushed around. Um, the other thing is the NBA is getting further and further away from the three point line. We saw it with Damian Lillard and the in the playoffs who was very comfortable shooting far, you know, four and five feet beyond the arc and really hitting those threes. And I think Carson Edwards could be that dude. I am not, but the thing is, is um, I'm not confident enough to be, to want the jazz to draft him. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if, so if Carson Edwards does this on the other team, you will see my Twitter like light up with me being like, I told you so. I told this guy was going to be totally awesome. But if the Jazz draft him, I'm really worried he's going to flame out. Like it, it, if there's anybody who could be drafted in the first round but could flame out, I think it's Carson Edwards. Yeah. Uh, just because he, the, the difference between his his regular season and the NCAA tournament is so large. Like he was 
he was a fringe second round pick and he went from that to being in the first round discussion because of the tournament. That is a ginormous bump Mm -hmm. um, over three games. So at some point um, uh, you really have to like, uh, Oh, and he has a six foot six wingspan. So he's not like Trey Burke in which he just has an average wingspan. Um, and, and not like Kemba Walker. He has, he's six foot with a six foot six wingspan and he's built like Damon Stoudemire. I think, um, he could really be a good player and he gets to the line a lot. He averaged 6.1 free throws a game. So he's not averse to getting to the line. So he's my sneaky guy where uh, if the jazz get him, I would be happy. Um, but I do think any team that gets him is not going to be disappointed with the player that they get. Um, but I think out of the like the picks that are left um, that are going to be available, like Eric Pas- uh, Pas- uh, Pascal, Dylan Windler, Carson Edwards, Taylor Horton Tucker, Grant Williams, Luca, Matisse, all those guys, I think um, Carson Edwards has the biggest boomer bust uh, potential where you could either be like, wow, he really, he really surprised a lot of people like it an Isaiah Thomas, or you could be like, yeah, he's playing in Europe now <laughs> uh, type of guy. So, well, it's going to be an interesting, it's a, it's a wide open draft. And I think the great thing is that Dennis Lindsay has proven that when he gets guys into the gym, he does a good job of picking. And I think this is a range where he can mm-hmm. beat out other teams that maybe don't have the scouting prowess that the jazz have shown. So I think the jazz are going to actually come, come out of this pretty well. Uh, the other story that happened this yeah. week is an interview in Spain where people were debating between the Spanish language and Catalan. Um, uh, and Ricky Rubio said that the Utah jazz told him that he is not their first priority or he's, you know, or not their priority or whatever it is, whatever you want to believe. Whatever journalism you want to go out, <laughs> whatever in-depth journalism yeah. you want to go find. But whatever translation that will make you feel yeah. better Do you about want the King James version of Rubio's comments or would you like the Reina Valera right. version of his comment? I know. this is the, <laughs> That's really what it is. It's just like, how, do you, how does God speak to you? <laughs> um, does, he, does, he, does he speak to you in the King's English? <laughs> Does he speak to you in the king's old English? Does he speak to you in the king's old Spanish? Like it's like it, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he told us that he wasn't the jazz's he, first priority. He wasn't the jazz's priority. And however, like the nicest way to like, well, actually, they said they were very gracious of of his services, and he wouldn't be their top priority. It's like he's not. I mean, listen. Um let's be real here. If, if your girlfriend said, you know what, we need to go on a break and you're like, well, for how long? And she's like, I just need to find myself. You're not my top priority right now. Uh, things aren't looking good for your relationship. It's going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be single yeah. for a little bit. It doesn't and... mean that you won't come back, but chances are you're not. And that's okay. I think, I think, this might have been overblown a tiny bit. I think the jazz might've been brutally honest with Rubio. And I think Rubio might've just been honest on the, the radio or whatever, whoever he was talking to, wherever, wherever it was in Spain or Catalan, wherever he was, or the, or the, right. the city of Catan. I don't know where he was when he said these words, but he's yeah, gotta be a little careful. Yeah, and I said like, yeah, he's gotta be a little careful. I, I said, I, I tweeted out, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, because I think there's people who would be like, oh, people are putting Ruby on blast. And it's like, we're not putting Ruby on blast. Like, uh, like the thing is, is I said, this is just one more thing to add to what we know of a person who is great in the community, really good teammate, um, very strong locker room presence, and a super nice guy who is not having a good PR t- tour right now. And the reason he's not having a good PR tour is, is because he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And when you're a free agent, you want to keep things open because, heaven forbid, you've been saying, yeah, I just don't see myself coming back with the Utah Jazz, and they told me I'm not a priority. And I and and saying kind of veiled things where you're like, I want to be on a team that uh, it, like is contending and I look at what Marcus Saul's doing, and I'm jealous of that. And you're kind of making like these things where you said, "I'm not priority of the Utah Jazz, but I want this." And so, it, it, so it's easy to do a compare and contrast where you're like, "Hmm, is he saying that because he doesn't think the Utah Jazz are that?" When he actually did get to the second round, and so you're saying that it's it's kind of like trashing your ex girlfriend on a first date with a new person where you're where people are like well maybe you know she could have been really bad but it doesn't feel like you like you're ready for a new relationship it feels like you're talking yet. about her a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it feels like feels like like i guess she's probably bad but i i just ask what your hobbies were well and i'll say this like and it's like, sir, sir, this is this is a Wendy's. <laughs> Can we? This is just a speed date, okay, buddy? But like, the thing is, is like, yeah, this is. If he was not, if he was had a chance of going on the Jazz, I think he hurt his chances of coming back to the Jazz by being so open. I think Dennis Lindsay is pretty sensitive right now about people leaking things, especially with what happened with Memphis. Uh, and I just, I, I mm-hmm. just think, um, and I don't have a ton to say about the Ricky Rubio thing. I pretty much, I before. The offseason even happened. I would have been pretty shocked to see Rubio back on the Jazz because I think the Jazz have just basically in end of season interviews and things said, we got to make a change. We've kind of hit a ceiling with what we have right now and we've got to alter our makeup to win. But can I also say one right. other thing? If we report a thing that has been Go reported by Yahoo Sports or Sportondo or some of these guys that are, just so you know, journalists we're not putting him on blast. We're just saying a thing that Rubio himself said. So if you want to go read someone who went and translated all the words as, as respectable as that work is because we retweet something that Yahoo sports, that's not us putting it on blast. That's just called saying a thing that happened and is true. My gosh, people get so crazy over SLC dunk being, being willing well, with Rubio, it's it's, I, I think it's me. like there's a lot of I, I think I think what's hard is when there's a player that is really well liked, like like Rubio is, um, and they make a mistake. And, and, and we and I find myself doing this sometimes with Donovan, where it's just like, no, Donovan didn't have a bad game. He just shot two of 23. And yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and and so it's so you can find yourself like it's easy it's easy for a lot of us to get like stuck in standum. I totally get that. I totally get that. Especially when there's a, a well-liked player. It's, it's a lot easier when it's a guy who um, is, is maybe not, I won't not say hated, but he's not like the favorite on the team. It's really easy for them when, when they have a bad game, it's like, Oh, it's really noticeable. I found myself sometimes doing that with Rubio where I was just like, there's Rubio again with a bad game. And then I look at back at it and I'm like, well, actually, no, he played a really good game. He may not have hit all of his shots, but everything else, he played a really solid game. And the, you know, the shooting line is, is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that. I totally, totally get that. But at the end of the day, like when you look at this, you're like, I, it's like, uh, I saw some people saying, I doubt the Utah Jazz told them that. I'm like, nah, they probably did because here's what's happened. When you have those meetings and those exit interviews, it's not just the exit interview with the player. Like you got to understand the relationship. Um, they're not employees. They're contractors. And as such, they have agents. And so it's not just them in the room. There's a reason Rubio has a business partner and an agent and all, all these guys who are working around his brand. And so when, and they have to make plans for the next season. Like they have to start planning out their moves because if they want to be active in the community, they're not going to go they, – they, they're going to be straight up and be like, are we a priority? Because I have people asking me if we want to do this thing in Utah in October, 
And if, if we're not here, I need to, I need to be able to tell them. And, and so while the Utah jazz can't, can't predict the future, they can say, you know what? Hey, um, let's, let's just get this all in the open. And there probably was a lot more set on the table with Ricky Rubio because of the Mike Conley thing, because they already know his name was out there. And so they're like him and his agent were probably like, let's be up front and center. Are you still going after him? We know, we know it was a real thing and you confirmed it in the news that you were, it was unfortunate that it got out. You didn't say it wasn't true. You said it was just unfortunate that it got out. So are you still going after him? And if not, are you still trying to upgrade the point guard position? What are your plans? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, yeah, they probably, when you're like, oh man, I doubt they, they were, they said they, they, they were telling him that. Oh yeah. I guarantee that because they probably wanted to know what was going well, and- on. People were so, mad about us. So you mentioned Ricky Rubio's business par- partner and people got mad because we reported something that he said on Instagram. Like he wrote the words and we just shared it and it's relevant. And guess what? Turned out to be really relevant because it sounds like he's not coming back. So I just, I wish, I wish people would mm-hmm. step back and say, Hey, is this an opinion or are they just sharing a newsworthy item? You know? If it's there's a difference yeah. between me saying, you know, yeah. Rubio, I I hate Ricky Rubio because that's different than saying, hey, Ricky Rubio's business partner said that and he was well, yeah, trending. and he's waving. He was trending. He was trending before we even uh, like the thing was is um I, I, he was trending before I even saw it. like it's very rare that a, a Utah Jazz store a, a play a. a Ex Utah Jazz player or even current Utah Jazz player is trending, and so for for that we have to find out why. And he's you know and he's telling a lot of talking to a lot of Spanish newspapers and and yes things are going to get lost in translation. I can't tell mm-hmm. the tone. Um, um. Uh, well, uh, uh, some of us at the site can because some of us do speak Spanish, but um. But when you're reading a quote, you can't tell if it's a tone. You can't tell if they're like, well, you know, what's going on with Utah Jazz? And and it might have been like, well, obviously I'm not like their first priority <laughs> because, yeah, Mike Conley was in the news. Like, and and that's a very obvious thing because he wasn't. Um, we know that, and you said that at the beginning. We know that. So I think the biggest thing with with Rubio right now is, um. It's, uh, I just hope he doesn't, um, because the, the divorce is, is, is basically, and I shouldn't say divorce. It's just like a separate, like they've just parted ways. They had a good relationship, but they're going to go, uh, their separate ways, but it just hasn't been put in, in pen Mm -hmm. and ink yet. And you know what? It could get fixed. uh, Maybe the jazz just strike out completely. It it could, but man, it would be nice if Ricky would just kind of lay low a tiny bit. But if, and that's, and that's why you don't say things like that. That's why you just be like, you know what? You know, we have a lot of options out there. We loved playing for the Utah jazz. You sides, you sidestep the conversation because at the end of the day, um, if an opportunity is there still like you, you want it to be there. You want it to be there afterwards, and you and you want to, um, and you don't want to. Uh, Dennis Lindsay is really, really, really protective on his off-season plans because he likes to hold all cards, and so um, one obvious card right now that he can't play because Rubio is going out there is being like, you know what? Maybe we are thinking about bringing Rubio back, and that's not a card that he can play. That's not in his deck. Uh, because like Rubio's out here saying I'm not a priority, so he's like, okay, well, you know, there's there's that strategy of trying to pl- play it. So it's not helping him, but it's not his job. Like, uh, it, but it's uh, to be fair to Rubio, it's not his job to protect the Utah Jazz's interests. He can say it's whatever not. he wants. But... Um, can listen, and and we and we want players to say whatever they want. We mm-hmm. want them to be truthful. But you can bet if um, you can bet when he says it. To... SLC Dunk yeah. is going to report it and post it. Like if he says those things, we're gonna post it. That's news. Yeah, it's it's news. It's like, news. It's news. And 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 we want people and we want you know our 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 community to be able to discuss it because if we post it, part of the reason we post it is so that you know we can discuss in the comments. You know, so that we can be like, what do you you think? What do you get the feel of it? You know, what do you guys 
what you guys want out there because we want to hear what our commenters have to say because a lot of times we'll read I'll read the comments I'll be like wow I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that that's a really good point that's really good and so that's part of why that's part of why we do it and and I'll fully uh, since we're on this 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 topic I will fully admit I don't always know and I like. Um, I think a lot of times in this in this business, and this is getting really philosophical, but like a story happens and you're making it and you're making your first reaction to it. And your first reaction isn't always the best reaction. It's not the most informed reaction, but you're making it. Um and uh and so when you when you're when these things happen, it's just like you make that and then we all see that the comments like you know some of our posts would be like well i could see this point of view because x y and z and it's just like wow i didn't even think about that um and so it's a it's it it, once again uh as rubio turns (laughs) i'm sure we'll have something next week to talk about so (laughs) there will be more uh so um so let's uh go out here for um our our next thing on our list so um it has uh been out there shams is reporting the great sham so the sham well is reporting that uh utah is one of the four teams that is setting their sights on d'angelo russell and all of these teams um are also teams that are rumored to be in the hunt for big time free agents so it's really interesting to me um, that D'Angelo Russell, first off, there's not a lot of restricted free agents out there that you're hearing like teams are really focusing in on X player, like Malcolm Brogdon, for instance, because a lot of teams feel like the Bucks are just whatever. If, if he goes on the market and gets a deal, they're just going to be like, yeah, because he's we're really, matching. really good. Welcome aboard. Because he's really, really good. And he played insane defense on Kawhi. Um, so, so he's, he's going to stay. <laughs> he's good. Um, and plus, when you if you go after a restricted free agent, you are playing. Um, it, it's usually a last resort, or you're, or you're doing a solid for an agency that you want to sign another guy for, or or whatever. So mm-hmm. you know, like a wink, wink, um, like Charlotte did with with uh, with Gordon Hayward. Um, so it, you don't really expect teams when to to not match a deal, especially if they put out a qualifying offer because it, that also ties up that team's uh, cap sheet because they have a cap hold for that player. Um, so if Utah is wanting to go after D'Angelo Russell and it's rumored that there's many teams that tells me that the Kyrie to Brooklyn rumors where there's smoke, there's fire and there's a bonfire raging in, well, Stephen A. Smith today um, said that he's hearing like Kyrie's like seventy five percent on his decision to move to Brooklyn. We saw the tweet where Kyrie bought a house in New Jersey today. Colin Cowherd looked like he went all in in poker on this. Like, go ahead and make fun of me, but it's a done deal. It really sounds like he's going there. Um, I am not an expert in the cap situation for the Nets. But it kind of feels like if Kyrie goes there and takes a max, it's going to make it dicey for them a little bit in terms of signing anyone else, especially because mm-hmm. Utah, it's reported, like you said, Sham said that the Jazz are interested in D'Angelo. And we've seen like Tony Jones mentioned that there's mutual interest between D'Angelo and the Jazz. And I think part of that is because uh, D'Angelo Russell and Domin- Donovan Mitchell are both CAA athletes. Um, so they share the same agency. Uh, CAA loves Utah. They were the agency that made sure that Donovan came to Utah to work out. Donovan got picked by the Jazz, and the Jazz have been great to Donovan, have developed his career and made him into a all-star caliber player. And um, I think I think CAA would be more than happy to have um, D'Angelo Russell come to Utah and play next to to Donovan and. Um, so really it kind of comes down to, it's, it's not, he's not, like you said, he's a restricted free agent. So it's not, he's not an unrestricted free agent that, that could just come here if he wanted. Um, it kind of takes the Brooklyn Nets not to match an offer for him. 
or I, I think they can match his or renounce his rights, I guess, if they wanted to. Um, but it kind of feels like if, if, if uh, Kyrie goes to Brooklyn and then someone else wants to go there too, then the Jazz might have a really good shot at, at, uh, at D'Angelo Russell. And uh, I, for one, would love to see D'Angelo Russell in Utah. I would just, that would be amazing. It would be, it would bring over a ball handling um, big guard that kind of plays like Donovan in that he can get his own shot, but he also runs the pick and roll. I'd say D'Angelo is um, Mm -hmm. probably a better passer than Donovan a little bit. Well, I don't know if he's a better passer, but maybe runs a pick and roll. I think he's better at running a pick and roll. I think he's much better because Donovan, he uses the pick and roll to build a head of steam and is uh, obviously he's not as advanced as uh, D'Angelo Russell is versus D'Angelo Russell, I think is just a a brilliant, Mm -hmm. brilliant passer. And I think Donovan's probably, well, they they just complement each other so well because Donovan's a a better athlete in terms Mm -hmm. of just ability to explode to the rim and things like that. Whereas D'Angelo's more of a, kind of a pick and pop guy that will back up and shoot a jump shot. He has a step back three he takes, and then he does, he plays that pick and roll and his passing. I mean, how much fun would it be to watch Donovan Mitchell getting lobs from D'Angelo Russell or D'Lo running a, a pick and roll with Rudy and then, and then passing it out to Donovan on the wing and, and vice versa. It's just, it's such a perfect fit and he would look so good. I, I, I just want to see him do the ice in his veins <laughs> celebration in Utah, and it would be a lot of fun. Yes. It would be a lot of fun. We would be really good. The Jazz would have that dynamic um, scoring guard that they've been looking for to pair with Donovan. And and and, and they have their they have their backcourt for the next mm-hmm. geez ten years, eight years, like at least for five, and if not. If, if not more, um, just because they're both 23, they're able to grow and, and learn. And similar to how the the Trailblazers were able to get CJ and Damian Lillard together so young, but this time they both have a Rudy Gobert. Like they like there's already that that third guy there. Ah, that's my this is that's my dream offseason scenario. One thing that I really I, I really hope um, because uh, the draft is coming up um, and Anthony Davis is now on the trade block. If I would, I would really love to see the Brooklyn Nets be able to land Anthony Davis because if so, I, then oh, all of a sudden it's Kyrie just like, and okay, Davis. Kyrie's going there. Mm-hmm. Kyrie's going there. They have, they have the pieces and then, and then you're able to, you know, pull a D'Angelo Russell over. So, um. Oh man, can you, can you imagine if Brooklyn under their new management actually pulls off what they were trying to do with LeBron oh and all those guys? I <laughs> in only three years, in only three years, it took them to do that. But um, I they are just honestly, you just the Lakers are such a mess. We don't have to get into it, but they're a mess. They are they are just a joke. And yeah, I, I just one final note on D'Angelo, guys. If I so I had league pass this year. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a loser. I watch basketball every night and I just kind of peruse the games. And I tell you what, Brooklyn was my default when the jazz weren't on because D'Angelo is just that much fun. He honestly, like you'll see him do things or make shots. He'll get hot. I, I can't tell you how many times he would get hot in the fourth quarter and then just carry that team to a win. I mean, he is just, he is just fun and he can be a little streaky He's not like an elite consistent shooter just yet. So there is a little bit of risk and that's why he's, you know, he can be a, can be had mm-hmm. if the, the nets get something like Kyrie and then another stud, but man, is he fun? And he's 23, uh, just right around Donovan's age. And then, yeah, it's, and you know what else he's played alongside Jared Allen, who's like Rudy Gobert light. And so he already knows how to play with kind of a rolling big. And so he can just fit right in with Utah and, it it would be awesome. They would be so much fun. Oh yeah, it would be amazing. I I want it. I just I I just want that. Uh, and it, this to me makes me feel like. And I know Brooklyn. Uh, 
I can't remember who out from Brooklyn. They said, you know, Brooklyn would be willing, would love to be able to pair like Kyrie and D'Angelo. And that just tell that to me just looks like posturing. That just looks like they're, they're not wanting to burn a bridge with mm-hmm. D'Angelo where he's like, F this team. Like, you know, they, they, they tried to go out and replace me and Kyrie. They're, they're just saying the right things in case Kyrie doesn't come. He doesn't come to Brooklyn and they signed D'Angelo and they can work with D'Angelo instead of D'Angelo being like, I'm not going to work with you guys. I'm gonna, either going to accept a qualifying offer so I can be a free agent next year and get out of here, or I'm going to go to a team who's going to do me a solid and I'm going to like have some, have some ter- and get some really terrible deal that's not going to allow them to uh, sign him for long term. Like somebody, they find somebody's going to do like a one plus one or something weird like mm-hmm. that just so he can get out. So, so this is, uh, I, I do think, man, if that were to happen, it, and, and I was, we were talking earlier about this, that just reminds me so much of the Carlos Boozer thing where it's just like, wow, they were, they got a young star, uh, it's like a, a, a blossom, a young blossoming star at, you know, 23, 24 years old. That's insane. That would be absolutely insane. It would be a total coup for Utah if they were able to get that. Like we we think like getting a, like a Tobias Harris would be would be in, insane, but getting D'Angelo Russell, where when you asked Dennis Lindsay what they need, and he's like, I we need a we need a sharpshooter, we we need snipers, and they need playmaking, and you're like, wow, uh, you got mm-hmm. that, and he's 23, cha-ching, like let's 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 roll, uh, that would be so amazing, and you're able to throw him in Utah's like. D'Angelo Russell and Donovan Mitchell would be tied at each other's hips for the rest of the offseason. And wherever they are, Johnny Bryant would be <laughs> right behind them. And that C. Brickley guy on Instagram, if you guys don't would follow be, him, he's that guy that that D'Lo is his shooting coach. I think Donovan actually goes works out with him too. His name's C. Brickley on Instagram. It's a good follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one final thing. Milo, uh, before we go, uh, it's looking like there's a small chance that Donovan could play with Team USA at the FIBA Worlds uh, Championships or whatever it's called. Uh, is that a good idea or a bad idea? Um, I think it's a good idea, but man, it doesn't. It makes me nervous um, whenever your star players are playing in in uh, the FIBA. Uh, the Utah has three of them. Right now, they got Rudy Gobert, who's playing for France. They have Joe Ingles, who's playing for Australia. And then they have Donovan Mitchell, that's playing for, the, uh, mm-hmm. would be playing for the U.S. And as you, uh, you don't even have to play in the games to get hurt, as we know from Paul George a few years back, who had that gruesome leg injury in a scrimmage because uh, the, the hoop was like the, the base of the hoop was like too close to the court. So he couldn't mm-hmm. fall right. Um, and then Utah has been burned by it. But uh, Dante Exum was hurt in a FIBA um, exhibition game um, for qualifying with Australia. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a little nerve wracking, um, but I think it's awesome. I think it's amazing that he's getting the accolades. He's getting the recognition that he rightfully deserves as being one of the best players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, suck, suck it, haters. It hard. And, <laughs> and um, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Oh, I, I think the, the downside is the last time um, Rudy Gobert played in uh, the world. Um, or was it the Olympics? It would have been the Olympics. He came back and was tired for the first part of the season because the thing about the FIBA Worlds is it ends the week before training camp starts. And so if you think about it, so it lasts from the end of August to the second week of September. And then uh, before that, you are in basically like, you know, practices and training camp the month before. And so um, we talked about uh, Donovan Mitchell's offseason last year being cut short uh, because of injury. His offseason could be cut short because he's playing a system designed to win at the at the feeble worlds versus working on his game 
for the yeah. Utah Jazz. So, um, and, and but there's but the uh, the other side of that is sometimes you learn better, you, you learn newer things and better things by being with really good players, by um, by working out because we want him to work out against top elite guys in the off season. We want him to be playing against uh, James Harden and Steph Curry and all these guys. Well, uh, he would um, every day in practice. He'd be around these guys every day in practice, get to learn their habits, how they watch film, how they, um, how they work out um, their ticks, their tricks. Um and uh and really get to become a better player and we've seen guys come back from uh FIBA or Olympics insane players like Dwayne Wade, Kevin Love, um Carmelo Anthony. Um we've seen this this type of setting make them a better player. So it's like it's a trade-off. It's uh, uh one side, I can see why the NBA always gets nervous around this time when the, with the Olympics and FIBA coming up. The other part is, you know, it makes the best of the best better, um, but maybe it just doesn't make the best of the best better for their teams uh, for exactly what they need. So um, I think, but I do think it's awesome. If, if The last time the Utah Jazz had somebody playing on the team, um, it was Carlos Boozer, who was used as a glorified uh, <laughs> victory cigar. <laughs> when he checked in, uh, the crowd would cheer because they knew USA had won. Um, so, um, it, I, I think it's exciting. I think it's awesome. Um, and, uh, I, I hope he gets a lot of minutes. I hope he gets time. Yeah. I, if I he gets it, it I think really it's cool fun. I think, you know, obviously there's an injury risk, but you know, uh, if, my, take on it would be if donovan wants to do it let him do it because i i my guess is he would want to because he loves basketball and that's once in a lifetime thing so you know i wouldn't like order him not to i probably lean towards you know i'd prefer not just because yeah like you said uh there is an injury injury risk but also i miss basketball and i miss watching donovan mitchell so selfishly i would not mind him doing it just so i can watch donovan mitchell play basketball so uh i don't know Let's just hope he doesn't get injured because um, a lot of things are kind of resting on him. And so uh, we shall see, but that'll be fun. And so it's going to make something fun to watch this summer along with Utah Jazz Summer League coming up uh, after the draft. Um, guys, I think that's all we got for our show tonight. Uh, I would, if you guys, if you guys are on your phones right now, yeah. what I would do is go to your uh, iPhone app or wherever you listen to podcasts, search SLC Dunk and um and hit subscribe and if you want you can leave a comment and and uh tell us what you think do you love it or do you love it that's what i want to hear from you okay guys don't say anything else um yeah if you do love it uh, love it we will be very grateful but milo is there anything else you want to add peace y'all talk to you later <laughs> <laughs>